It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. Tara Sutphin is the author of Blame It on Your Past Lives and Soul Agreements, three audio CD series, metaphysical meditations, sourcing series, and sleep programming. Tara has also collaborated with Emmy Award-winning Shane Stanley and Marla Maples on numerous DVDs. Tara Sutphin is a master in the psychic sciences. If you'd like to find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations to help you fulfill your dreams, visit her website at tarasutphin.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Transformations with Tara, and I'm Tara Sutphin. And today my guest is Lainey Delphin. And she's from Montreal, so we're talking to her from very far away, and it's really great. But she is a dream analyst and an author, and she's written the book, Dreams Do Come True. And the subtitle of that book is Discover Your Full Potential. Welcome, Lainey. Thank you, Tara. Yeah. Nice to be here. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. So, um, yeah, so tell me. How did you get to be a dream analyst? Well, actually, my beginning experience was experiential because in my early 20s, I had a crisis in my life and I ended up in psychoanalysis with a very intelligent Freudian analyst. And I wasn't so well able to articulate my feelings at that time in my life. But I'm a person who's always remembered my dreams. And I used to go into these sessions with the shrink, always with a dream. So my initial introduction to Freud wasn't because I studied him. I studied him later when I was writing the book. But it was because I did Freud. (laughs) I experienced him. And uh, then I'm eclectic in my approach because in my 30s, I went and became a Gestalt counselor. And in that experience, I learned how Frederick Pearls looked at dreams. And then I went and studied at the Alfred Adler Institute in my 40s, and I learned how Adler looked at dreams. And then I became a member of the C.G. Jung Society, and so I learned about Carl Jung. And so that's kind of what's happened to me is I learned from these four fathers of psychology that it doesn't really matter. You can take the same dream, and that's what I did in the book. I only use the same six or seven or eight dreams that run throughout the course of the book. And I look at them from each of these different perspectives because it really doesn't matter which way you want to look at the dream. You're always going to get a prize. 
Right. Wow. Some, some people that. only want to look at it one way. Like my husband, Andy, if he dreamt he was flying on a cow last night, he doesn't want to talk to me about his early childhood relationship with his mother and how that impacted his dream. He just wants to know about yesterday. Like, why did I have this dream and now I have to go to work? <laughs> so he just right. doesn't want, you know, and I think that's fine because, you know, I'm a type of person who likes to take the same dream and look at it from every different angle and every level. And so it doesn't really matter because any knowledge is good because you never walk away from a person like me thinking that you're weird or that your dream was weird because we're actually very sophisticated and no dreams are weird and they're not random. You're really problem-solving a very specific current issue that you're attempting to come to a conclusion about in your waking life this week. And so that's what I do. First, I help you attach the dream to that very specific current issue. And then once we've attached the dream, then I help you discover what a solution looks like when it comes in the form of a metaphor. Right. And don't you find that a lot of metaphors, anyway, if people um, analyze their metaphors, that a lot of times they're they're uh, processing their problems in a different way and can um, so- sometimes find a solution. Yes, there's, a, there's always a solution in the dream. Your subconscious is, is um, you know, like we figure out what, what we want to do about something that's bugging us. And the solution to what you want to do about something, of course, comes to you in your subconscious mind before it gets to your conscious. Whether you remember the dreams or you don't, you're still problem solving and you're still figuring out and getting what it is you want to do. But the thing is, if you remember your dreams and you know how to analyze them and look at the solutions, if you know how to decode the dream, that's what I call it. It's, it's actually the subtitle is decoding your dreams to discover your full potential. Because if you know how to decode the language of the metaphor, then you get it faster. You can propel your problem-solving skills. It's like yes. you wake up every morning with the best therapist that you could have, and it's mm-hmm. your own self. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, well, my work is a lot of that. I don't know if you're really familiar with my work, but I do a lot of uh, metaphor with anybody that I um, have as as a client. Uh-huh. Uh, really move them into their dream state uh, through their meditations and, you know, problem solved. Yeah, with any love issues, money issues, health problems, that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I'm just totally riveted to this subject. I, I love it that you have studied so deeply on it. Um, so now, um, you know, a lot of people, you, they dismiss their dreams. What is that? What, what is it when you dismiss them? Well, I think people don't realize that you are getting the solutions to your issues in your subconscious. And I think the biggest problem is that we judge our dreams because the subconscious thinks in its own certain way and it's different than conscious thinking. And because, you know, you're, you're lifting a chair off the ground and you're, a, a chair's off the ground and you're sitting on that chair, we just blow it off like, that's ridiculous or it's weird or silly and we just we just dismiss the dream but if you aren't 
judgmental about the way the subconscious works. It's simply a function of the way the subconscious mind works. And if you're not judgmental about it, and you learn how to understand the metaphors, then then everything makes not only perfect sense, but it's so precise and we're so sophisticated that it's really pretty astounding, you know? Like, I could tell you uh, one of my favorite dreams, it's not a big long dream, but a client came to me just with one picture, was that she had a piglet stuck to her breast. And this shows you that you don't have to remember a big long dream with a beginning, a middle, and an end. And my first... um, you know, there's five basic points of entry that you can use. And so my first and uh, easiest one is the feelings, or you can look at the action in the dream. And I asked, because my first thought that came to my mind was, wow, you must have been freaking out in the dream trying to get the piglet off your breast. And she said, no, actually, I was just standing there looking at it. And so right away, before I even know the person or anything about her, I already know that either the dream is mirroring her underreaction to a life situation, because in, in waking life, if you had a piglet stuck to your breast, you wouldn't be standing there looking at it. So we know mm-hmm. that either there's an underreaction happening, or it's um, it's she's practicing staying still while something is hurting. And so mm-hmm. I asked her, "What did you do yesterday? Where'd you go? Who'd you see?" And she said, oh, I was walking on this street, like downtown, and I was with my sister, and we were shopping. And so I asked her, using the symbols point of entry, very quickly, tell me what are the first two or three things that come to your mind about your sister? And nothing really fit there. And I said, well, who else did you see? And one of the people that she mentioned was her ex-boyfriend. And I said, oh, well, why don't you tell me what are the first two or three things that come to your mind when you think about him? And the first thing that came out of her mouth was he's such a dependent little pig. That was oh. how she described him. So I guess There's... we found the piglet. Yeah, well, because, wow. Yeah. Because the subconscious uses puns and play on words in our dreams just as often as we use them in our waking life. We're always saying puns. And so I asked her, and what, you know, what happened when you saw him? And she said, oh, he's planning a party for himself. And he asked me to prepare the food. So now we understand not only is he on the breast because she says that he's dependent, but he's also on the breast because he's asking her to prepare the food for the party. Yeah, he's taking I, from her too, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I said, well, that's amazing that you're so f- friendly with your ex, that you're going to his party and that you're preparing the food. That's great. And she said, I don't like this guy. I don't. I don't want to prepare the food for the party. I don't want to go to the party, and I don't even want to see this guy anymore. And I said, and did you say so? Well, you know, my sister was there, and people were standing around, and his friends were there, and I wasn't really comfortable. And I said, well, I guess you have something to get off your chest. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. So that's a great example of how sophisticated the subconscious is. And even that, when we discuss... um, a nursing mother, the expression about giving milk is to express milk. And so it was a a problem about her not expressing herself. So there's again another reason how it was that she had a dream that there was a piglet stuck to her breast. 
Mm. Cool, eh? Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And you know, of course, the minute she got off the phone, who was the first person that she called was the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend. So the dreams, you know, Alfred Adler would have said, give rise to an emotion that help you move forward towards the goal. And this is a great example of that, as opposed to Freud, who was looking into the past, Adler was looking more into the future. And this dream gave rise to that emotion to help her pick up the phone and express herself that she's not cooking the food for the party and she's not coming to the party. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I had a dream this week that was kind of an odd dream. It was with a, a man friend and this woman who's um, just left her husband. They were in this boat and I seem to be maybe in the raft. It was like a one of those flat rafts going up river, and it was going against the flow. And there was an alligator. But um, I was all fascinated with the alligator and like, look, oh, look, you know, it looks so cool. So, uh, but there was an alligator in the river. So what would that mean? And it wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't being uh, a bad alligator. It was just doing its thing, floating there. Right. And you had the dream this week? Yeah. At the and beginning so of the week. another point of entry that you can use is the plot. And so, you know, in well, or maybe I'll just first ask you about your feelings. How did you feel in the dream? I was, I was perfectly fine, but I noticed that my friend was sad. And it looked like, when I looked at it, it looked like... Um, I use a lot of uh, tarot cards to decipher my dreams and to decipher visions. And it looked like uh, the writer weight deck of um, a trip to a new way of life and these two people going against the stream. It wasn't like hardcore against the river. It was it was just that they were going against uh, the flow instead of flowing with the river, the small river. It was a small river. And the thing too is that so you weren't uptight in the dream. You were noticing no. that the friend that the friend was uptight. Yes. The woman. The friend was sad. Yes. The woman was and, sitting down and hunched. Yeah, she was sad. And so, um, you know, although the the fathers of psychology disagreed with many on many issues, one thing they all did agree on is that. All of the parts of the dream represent different parts of the dreamer's psyche. So, for example, Carl Jung said, um, What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. All the parts of the dream are you. You're all the actors, you're the director, you're the writer, Mm -hmm. and it's all happening in your head. And so what happens is that typically you take the part in the dream that you feel the most comfortable with. So your ego takes the part that you're at home with. And you give out all the other parts of the dream to different parts of your, they represent different parts of your psyche that you're not as in touch with or you're not as connected to. So 
um, you know, then you want to, like what you and I want to do is attach the dream to the very specific current issue in your life that you're, that you're looking at. So on the first level, it could be that, you know, because you're, you're in the raft, so I guess you're saying that you're not, like, with this woman or, or man, right? You're sort mm-hmm. of, you're I'm kind just of observing. separate from them. Right, I was observing. And yeah. so then, so on the very first level, you could look at the dream and I could ask you, well, do you think there's some situation that's went on in your life or that's going on in your life this week that where you're an observer and you're watching someone else who's pretty upset and hunched over. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah, and they were. It, they were really upset. Yeah. I, no, yeah. in waking life, you mean? Yeah, in waking life, they were pretty upset. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, so I guess, and, and, and you're helping them in some way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but in the dream you're not really helping them. The focus is that you're separate of them, you're on a raft, but you're going like you say it's not hardcore, but there's something about going a different way. So really the dream is always for the dreamer the way I look at dreams from mm-hmm. a psychological perspective. It's really about the dreamer. So sometimes it could be about giving you some that you're giving yourself some advice about how to respond to the situation with those people who are really upset. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's um, uh, on a deeper level that that woman could be representing the part of you that feels sad that you're not as in touch with or worried, I should say, worried or because she's like hunched over. You say she's sad in the dream. Yes. Which is interesting because there's, a, there's a, um, an alligator there that could bite. Like yeah. You, you'd want to give it a stab about guessing what situation you think it could be about. Do you want right. to do that? Well, I feel that I was observing. <clears throat> so I'm observing her going through this process. And, and um, it's, for me, the dream I felt was that I feel that she's going a little bit against the grain of her life and that um, and somehow the man represented that men help her maybe go against the grain. And she did. She left. Actually, she went on a plane back uh, into the Midwest to uh, kind of deal with her her issues right now. So she was like leaving on a trip. And then uh, with the alligator, the alligator could be a problem, but in in Native American um, deciphering, uh, alligators are uh, keepers of the waters. They're the guardians of your spirituality. So I, you know, I thought, well, she's going to be fine on a deep level. It's just that she's going a little bit against where she should be going right now in her life. And maybe I was condoning that behavior, allowing her to, to uh, you know, observing and not really saying anything about it. Right. Other than you know, other than they're just supporting her in, in in my way. Right. And and that's good because that's touching on the dream on the on the very first surface level. But when you want to get the real rich material that the subconscious has to give you, 
then it's fun to to look at it um, w- like without that outside situation of the client or the friend and to instead try and apply the dream to something current in your life where there's an alligator there but you consider an alligator some kind of like a guardian and to be asking yourself in what way do you think that you go against the the flow oh i'm sure i do against the flow in your life yeah 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 and of course because i've heard that too that you're you're the player in all your your dreams you know if you're in a red car usually it's your heart and where are you going with your love life and that sort of thing but uh yeah but the reason why i wrote the book tara Yes. It's because um, even even Jung said that uh, all those symbols, all those archetypal symbols, they mean nothing if they don't resonate with the dreamer. And what, you know, what a red car would mean to you and what it would mean to me are two completely two. different things. Like when I was in high school, I had a boyfriend who had a red car who rejected me. And so my associations with a red car... Like, our associations are as unique to each of us as a fingerprint, and you can't look it up in a book. You have to ask the dreamer what their associations are, because then you really get the richness of of the metaphor when when you ask the dreamer. Like, for example, what comes to your mind first when you think about a red car? Oh, for me? Yeah. Um, mm, uh, well, it's taking me somewhere, and red would be passionate. Somewhere, you know, either I'm angry or I'm passionately, you know, feel like great about something. Okay, and so for you, the car—it's the car, so it's movement, and it's yes. taking you somewhere that has to do with emotion, yes. with, with passion or anger. But with yes. me, it has to do with rejection because it yes. links—it links my like your subconscious is um, like a very, very sophisticated computer or motherboard, or for those of us who are over 50, I call it a filing cabinet. And it's holding every single memory and association that you've ever had since you're born. And so mm-hmm. when you want to say something to yourself about a current situation, you'll open up that filing cabinet or that database, and you'll pull out memories and associations that you have from the past and from the present, and actually sometimes even from the future, but you pull out these associations and they're, you're just really talking to yourself. That's all dreaming is, is you're continuing to think, except mm-hmm. that you think in, in uh, metaphors and not just only words like you would in your, in your conscious life. And so that's why you'd have to ask the dreamer, well, what does a red car mean to you? Because maybe I'm dreaming about a red car because, you know, yesterday my daughter said something to me that hurt my feelings. And it made me feel rejected. And when I see a red car in my dream, it's something to do with it's connecting me to a feeling of rejection. Where when you see a red car, it's connecting you to you, you know, becoming passionate about something. Right, right. So that's why I wrote the book. Because those dictionaries, those dream dictionaries, I don't find them helpful because As I say, our associations are so unique to each individual. 
but I also don't find them helpful because they're an easy way to, it sort of takes you away from the drama of your own dream. Like if you're, once you're looking something up in a book, you're already going away from the feelings that the dream gave you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, it's, you know, when you're trying to analyze a dream, uh, the best way really is to stay there with those feelings and not interrupt them by looking in a book. But I do believe it's fine to, like, I often, I'll look in a book after the fact, after I've, after got, you've kind I've of stayed it. with the, the emotion of the dream, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, um, yeah, because I have a lot of odd, like, shamanic dreams that I'll have to talk to you about, but, too, because they're kind of uh, different, and I wondered, uh, I wonder what your take would be on them, but, but actually, we have a caller on the line, and I want to take them, but it might get lengthy, so why don't we go ahead and take our commercial break, and I would like you to know how that you can find Lainey. Lainey is at Have a Great Dream. Dot com and it's have a great dream dot com and we will be back in just a moment you are listening to transformations with Tara and we're talking to Lainey Dalfin welcome to transformation with Tara Sutphin if you'd like to find out more about Tara's work upcoming seminars and meditations visit her website at tarasutphin.com Now is your chance to be part of the show. Call 877-230-3062. Call in with your questions or thoughts and talk with the host and their guest. Again, that number is 877-230-3062. Did you know that you can rate this show on iTunes? The show you're listening to right now. It's true. You can leave your thoughts about the show, the topic, the guest. You can even leave a suggestion. Then, before you leave, rate the show. The hosts love hearing from you, so next time you download this show from iTunes, leave your thoughts and rate the show for the host and for others. Well, it's here and live just for you, the CTR Hotspot. Contact Talk Radio has just launched a new social networking group called the CTR Hotspot. Now you can connect with hosts and other CTR listeners, creating a community like none other. Go to www.ctrhotspot.com and share your thoughts about shows you've heard. Submit empowering videos and meditations. Read up on the latest good news. Create your own good news by posting your own blog. Listen to inspirational music and feel connected to your community. Sign up now at www.ctrhotspot.com and see what it's all about. Create a profile and make contact with what matters to you. That's ctrhotspot.com. Welcome to Transformation with Tara Sutphin. Become involved now by calling 877-230-3062.
Welcome back to Transformations with Tara. And I'm talking to Lainey Delphin, and she is a dream analyst. And I want to give you her website so that you can get in touch with her. It's haveagreatdream.com. So haveagreatdream.com. And it's Lane, Lainey Delphin. And also she has a phone number. It's 514 481 8081 and that's 5144818081 and you take a lot of um probably a lot of sessions where you're a one-on-one with clients right Lainey? Yes, constantly because I do lots of radio and mm-hmm. so people book a session through haveagreatdream.com and you can pay uh, on a secure site with Visa or Mastercard and they choose a- Sometimes that you're free during the day, and uh, I book appointments, and then we talk on the phone or Skype. Right, and she also has a book. If you'd like to buy her book, I'm sure that you can get it on Amazon.com, and it's Dreams Do Come True, and um, so it's Dreams Do Come True by Lainey, L-A-Y-N-E, Dalfin, D-A-L-F-E-N. So um, we're going to take our caller. We have Lucy from Sacramento on the line. So, Hello. Just, hello. How are you? Hi. You know what? Huh? Oh, I've listened to you and, and you're with a session for many, many years. Uh, thank you thank for you. my call. Yes. Um, now, I can't hear you very well. Can you hear her, Lainey? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. okay. I can hear you very well. Um, okay. I've had dreams of very, you know, <laughs> one of my dreams is uh, not speaking well online. Like totally. Not what did you say? Um, not speaking well on toilet. It's so weird. I've had a lot of dreams where I'm online, like in chat room, and I'm not saying the right things, and it manifests into toilet. Overflowing <laughs> with garbage. Okay, and so I just want to know that I'm hearing you properly um you said that you're online and you're in chat rooms and you're not speaking properly and then the dream shifts into an overflowing uh, toilet overflowing with garbage exactly well um and did you have that dream recently not recently but i assume it's Tara, I assume it's, you know, like normal, like we're not supposed to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Do, well, do you the have thing your... is, the, the, the thing just... is that at the first level, the dream is always about something that either happened to you yesterday or something that you thought about yesterday. And so since you don't remember having the dream recently, 
it would be more difficult for you to connect it to a very specific issue. But if I could tell you that if I had a dream like that, if this were my dream, I may have a dream like that if I'm in a situation where I'm not feeling heard or I'm not feeling understood. So that could either happen if I am speaking out, but I'm not getting the response from the person that that I'm wishing for or hoping for. And so then the metaphor would look like that I'm trying to say something, but it's not coming out properly. Or maybe I would have a dream like that if I did come out with something to somebody and I and I also agree that I didn't come out with it properly. Like, you know, if I have something to say to one of my kids and I didn't come out with it in a positive enough way, then maybe I'd have a dream that I'm in a chat room and I'm, I'm not saying the right thing. It's not coming out properly. I'm having trouble communicating. And so it feels like garbage coming out of my mouth. Exactly. Exactly. Tara, mm. uh, here's another dream that I had that is really important to me. Uh, I don't understand it. Mm-mm. I've been practicing shamanism for about 10 years, and uh, I was in a dream with a person or... I didn't know who this person was, but we were at a place like a uh, like a like a um, uh, a way station. Mm-hmm. And I had and I had their luggage. I was holding their luggage in my hand, and. All of a sudden, we were, we were like up, up in like a hotel room, and then we were. If you had ever seen the movie um, uh, Al Brooks, uh, "Defending Your Life," okay, it was like that a way station, and I don't understand this, but after the dream. It felt like I had accomplished something, and I found a ring. It's like psychopomp, which I don't understand. Uh, shamanism, uh, psychopomp. So, what kind of ring did you find? A psychopomp. I don't hmm. understand that because it's not a good term in shamanism, but it's like uh, helping others to move forward. And this this actually happened in early January. (laughs) Okay, so did you make a jump at that point as far as, like, your life became better? Actually, actually, Tara, I... After this dream... The same night after the stream, there was a ring on my pillow. And who put the ring there? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Was it a I ring that you already my... own? No. No. Not at all. It has a dangling 
heart and a star on it. And, you know, I've been involved in shamanism for, I don't know, like 10 years. And I've never, you know, wanted to, or I'm not at the stage that I want, that I could move souls forward. Mm -hmm. And yet, this is really a gift. That I could do that. Well, the thing is, is that if you're going up into buildings and stuff, you've been waiting for something to happen. But when you're going up into a building, it means that you're elevating. And but you have to elevate, keeping your feet upon the ground. And so it has to be like, uh, you know, when you're doing shamanism, it has to be that you're you're actually uh, creating a better life for yourself. So uh, you're manifesting, you are manifesting a ring, so maybe it's manifesting love in your life. But, but now we haven't been able to hear you very clearly through this line. I was wondering if your, your computer was on and you were listening to the radio show while you were calling in. But I'm cause not usually Because <laughs> usually that kind of like uh, takes away the, the uh, connection a little bit. But anyway, thank you, Lucy, so much for calling in. Thank you. And thank yeah, you, thank you. Okay, so Lane, Laney. Yeah. Hi. So Hi. anyway, we were talking about how do we get to back to our dreams as far as as. Oh, okay. So how do we get back to our dreams as far as? Having dreams, you know how people don't have dreams at night. What kind of tips? Well, can we're get we're all dreaming every night about six or seven dreams a night, and the closer we get to morning, the longer the dreams are, and some of them are even half an hour. So sometimes when you wake up and you feel like you've had this big long dream, you have, <laughs> and so we're all dreaming because dreaming is really just thinking, and when you go to sleep at night. Your brain doesn't stop thinking. It's just that the it, it looks different than it does in, in waking life. It's like during the day we're distracted so we don't get to see the metaphors and moods that come along um, with feelings. So, for example, and it's because we're distracted. And, you know, the lights are on, this car's going by, you have somewhere to go, and you've got all this distraction around you. And when you go to sleep at night, all the distractions disappear and you actually get to see what you're thinking. And so for, you know, like, for example, I'm going to tell you, like, how to better recall your dreams because there's tricks that you can use to help yourself remember the dreams. But, um, for example, if there's something about the tone of my voice or my just something about the sound of me that reminds you of a teacher that you used to have when you were in grade seven, you don't realize it, but right now your subconscious is flashing a picture of that person and you just don't see it because you're distracted and maybe tomorrow morning you'll have a dream about that teacher that you had all those years ago and then you wake up and say, like, what the heck is that? Like, why is this person in my dream? I haven't seen her in so many years and maybe you're processing listening to this conversation that we're having and you're using her as a metaphor for me 
if there's something about my intonation that reminds you of her. Right, right. So, so you just, it triggers you can, a past. You're saying that she usually triggers, that we're all being triggered at all times. Yeah, because we have associations for all kinds of things. We have associations and memories that link us to all kinds of people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you want to remember your dream, um, Freud was right when he said, the biggest factor in determining your success about remembering a dream or not is intention. If you want to remember a dream, you probably will within a few days. Just leave a, a paper and pen beside the bed and make a decision that you want to, you really want to get one. And like in the example of the piglet dream, don't think that, you know, that it's not okay to just remember one picture. Because really, it's true, a picture is worth a thousand words, as we saw with that example. So, you know, that's one thing that you can do. And another thing is when you're lying in bed, you can even close your eyes and visualize yourself waking up in the morning and reaching for the pen to write. Right. And um, there's another dream worker. His name is uh, Robbie Bosnack, who's a Jungian analyst. And I love one of his methods is to take your um, watch off or your ring and just sit quietly in a chair and look at it and turn it all around and then close your eyes and practice imagining the watch and looking at it from different angles in your mind's eye. And then you can also then open your eyes and look around the room that you're in and try and take note of all the chairs and tables and the walls and the pictures and how everything is placed, and then close your eyes and walk through the room in your in your mind's eye. So you can do that, and then you can also, if you want, try and picture your childhood home and walk into each and every room. And that exercises the part of you that knows how to recall. Right. And if you right. exercise that part of you with the intention of remembering a dream, then that's a great way to help you catch it. Because once you feel what it feels like to remember a dream, it's kind of like riding a bike. It's like once you open up that door, then it's um, not that difficult to do it again and again. Yeah, I have to do that with my psychic teen class. That sounds fun. They're always analyzing their dreams and... You know, they're good little psychics these days. But, uh, uh-huh. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just on ABC, uh, a couple of them. So it was really a, it's a wonderful, for a, ch- a children's psychic conference that we did. But it was really, uh, they're really fun as far as they love exercises like that. So I'll definitely have to talk to them about it. So um, I had a dream. Uh, this was several years now, but I acted yeah, I acted upon the dream and and it was uh I had a aboriginal shaman come to me in my dream and tell me put me in a circle and then point west that I was to go further west and at the time I was in Australia and uh I was already kind of far out I thought you know about as far as in the outback that I wanted to go but um but the wow. dream stayed with me the the, for and then about ten days later, I met an Aboriginal who 
was helping my daughter uh, make a didgeridoo. I had hired him to to help her make a didgeridoo, and he asked me if uh, we'd like to go out further into the outback. And I all I knew was that I had had that shamanic dream and that I needed to go further out in the outback to meet and I felt to meet a holy person or to go to a holy place. And so I so I acted upon this dream and this dream would be uh, this this aboriginal guy he chain smoked he had a $500 car there was no air conditioning it was a uh, December which is Australia's summer so it's 107, 113 oh degrees. Oh my goodness! It was crazy. It was it was really literally crazy to get in this car with this Aboriginal guy and go out to seek whatever my dream was. So I went ahead and did it. You know, I did do the the little adventure, and um, and I did come upon uh, who who ended up traveling with us is uh, this. Uh, shaman called Yununde Wadi Wadi, Wui Wadi Wadi, and he uh, is groomed to be the next great shaman for all the Aboriginal people. But wow. It was just, yeah, so it was just an amazing, amazing experience to actually, li- you know, go ahead and act on my dream. But uh, those are the That's kind of amazing. dreams that I Good have. for you. I love stories like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so sometimes when I dream, I, I'm very careful on... Hmm. Hopefully, this isn't you know going to take me too far, too far out of my comfort zone. Right. But I was fine. We were fine yeah. with the heat and all. And it did change. Uh, the shaman said that um, his life was changed, and definitely my life was changed after after being with him. And my daughter came back and went to high school, and and became valedictorian of high school. So. It was all just a very interesting experience that we all had. Right. Mm-hmm. Very nice. But, but I thought, you know, that stemmed from a dream. It's odd, very odd, that I needed to go further out into the outback. It's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Any, th- thanks. Yeah, I'll have to have you, like, analyze that. Where where, where would that be, uh, you know, because uh, not everybody acts upon their dreams. And why would right. I have well, to, I guess you have to, to do that? You, I guess yeah. you you need to be a person that that takes your your subconscious mind seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, what is it they say that we're only using ten percent of our mind, or something like that? Yes. And there's so much more that you can tap into. Carl Jung yeah. said he never makes a, um, an important life decision without also checking in with his subconscious. Wow, that's interesting. And you can do that, too. You know, you can, again, you know, close your eyes before you fall asleep at night, and you can incubate a dream by thinking about... Sometimes you can bring it on by actually thinking about the problem or, you know, and ask for an answer, ask for a solution. You can even ask for a solution in metaphors that are easy for you to understand. Mm -hmm. Cool. So we have a caller on the line. So let's bring on our caller. It's uh, Ig from Ashland. Ignatius. It's good. It's great. Uh, hi, Ig. Hi, ladies. Hi, hi there. So um, speaking of intentions, I, I rarely recall my dreams. 
it's kind of frustrating because I'd like to, but yesterday I wanted to share something with you guys, so I set an intention to remember my dream. And I was awakened at 3 a.m. this morning, and I want to relate this to how do dreams intersect with the waking state? In other words, like parallel going on at the same time? It's a constant parallel. It's a mirror. And it was so strong for me with this dream because I was awakened at 3 a.m. and I realized I was dreaming, so I remembered my dream. And the dream was I was at an event and I was leaving the event and I was walking with a lady, I don't know who the lady was, going down a hallway and we were about to reach the exit and Demi Moore passed us up. And as she passed us up, she acknowledged the lady I was with so they knew each other. And then she went out ahead of us. And after she passed us, I, 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 she had flatulence. I smelled flatulence. And I reacted and said, oh, my God, Demi Moore has irritable bowel syndrome. At that moment, I was awakened by my cat jumping on the bed. And she had had loose stool in the middle of the night, which she's never done before. And so when I woke up in the middle of that dream, at that moment, the cat had a messy butt and I could smell it. And so, of course, you know, I had to get up and then deal with the cat. And I remembered the dream. <laughs> right. That's really something. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's certainly uh, possible and probable that events that something like the cat being sick um uh, you know appears in some in some way in the dream no question about it but because i'm looking at a dream from a psychological perspective i'm a believer that there's still meaning formation in the dream right okay. even though we're using you know images or events that are happening outside the dream i think we're very sophisticated and somehow we're still saying something to ourselves. Like, what comes to your mind anyway when you think about Demi Moore? Just like two or three things, maybe about her personality or whatever. What's your association to her? It's weird. Like, if I was a little girl and I never heard of her, didn't know who she was, how would you explain her? Oh, wow. So I would say that she is a spiritual seeker um, who's, who's well-known, but whose spiritual quest um, is more important than her notoriety. Like, to me, that's that's what's great about Demi Moore. Right. It's that her her quest is more important than the notoriety. Yeah, the integrity she has with her spiritual life is, is far greater than what people think of when they think of Demi Moore as right. a celebrity. Right. Mm-hmm. And do, and so I guess this this person who you think of, you know, as a spiritual person and who has so much integrity and you're and you're you're with that, like you bring that close to you in the dream. And then but there's also this flatulence that happens. Yeah, like there's an issue. You know, there's something that's going... How did you feel when that happened in the dream? Um, Were you surprised? Yeah, I was like totally shocked by it and thought, um, 
like, wow, she needs to know that, you know, like. Well, maybe you're bringing her back down onto a human level, that it's human to be in her spirituality and to. Right. Oh. And, in, and yeah. in dream work, what, what we would say, which I was just about to say, is because our associations are all so different, um, then I, I would say something like um, what Tara just said, that if it were my dream, it would be about me recognizing I'd be looking at who in my life this week am I idolizing, and I'd be kind of remembering to bring it back down to earth that all of us were just only human, you know, and you we that. all have flatulence, right? Can I you know, tell and you? we all smell sometimes. <laughs> but for you, it could have been it could have been something completely different. But is there somebody in your life this week? That you that's around you that you're having a tendency to idolize in some way. Well, actually, it's not like it's a particular person. It's just I'm working right now on breaking through to to my greatness. You know, like allowing myself to express my greatness. And that's so, great. Yeah, I know that's pretty wild. But if you want to embrace your greatness, then you want to include even the flatulence, the whole of you. Wow. Yeah. Right, the messy parts. Yeah. Oh, the whole of you, absolutely. All of your so parts. Cool. So For cool. me, there's, um, I should have said this, you know, and I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I do mm -hmm. want to say that the core of why I, I do what I do is because for me, there is no good or bad. There's no such thing as good or bad. There's appropriate and inappropriate. And when we're born, we come into this world with everything the ability to be selfish, to be giving, to be kind, to be mean, to be assertive, to be shy. And the people that bring us up teach us that it's more cool to be one way than another. And so we become what Frederick Pearls called over-invested in some aspects of our personality and under-invested in others. So if you were brought up in a home where you know, you were told you better share your toys with your brother and go look after your sister, and you got the message that it's not okay to be selfish, then maybe you're a person who grew up not able to say no to anybody, even at times when it's appropriate to say no, because maybe you've got a lot on your plate and you need to say no. Or maybe you can't be the most helpful to a person because you need to say no. So the dreams, you might dream this week when you have a situation where you need to be paying attention to yourself, you may have a dream about somebody who you consider to be a very selfish person, and really it's because you need to access that potential that you have to be more selfish in your current situation. Are you guys still there? Yes. I am. So that's, to me, what the dream work is all about. It's about paying attention to the people in the dream, especially the people, because they represent the parts of you that you might need to access in your response to the situation that you're facing this week. Because there's no such thing as good or bad. In some situations, it's appropriate to be giving, and in other situations, it's appropriate to be selfish. And you don't yes. want to be stuck with your same reaction to life situations because life throws you so many different kinds of situations. You want to be in the powerful position of being able to decide how you want to react to 
to this situation right. today. And that's right. what the dreams help you do. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ig, for coming on. We don't know if you've stayed with us uh, or if got cut off, but uh, thank you for calling in. And um, I wanted to give your website again, Lainey, and okay. it's haveagreatdream.com, haveagreatdream.com, and she's at 514 514- Four eight one eight zero eight one, and Lainey takes private sessions, and so she can help you analyze your dream and really what uh, what's going on in your life. So you seem like a great uh, counselor. So thank you, Lainey, so much thank for you, being Tara. on the show. Yeah, blessings to you and blessings to everyone. Thank you for sharing your time with Tara Sutphin. Find out more about Tara's work, upcoming seminars, and meditations to help you fulfill your dreams by visiting her website at tarasutphin.com.